Alright, lads, welcome back to um, a little emergency episode, a little emergency recording of this podcast. Uh, there was just such a big piece of official news that dropped, and uh, something that I guess related to an episode we dropped uh, about a month and a half ago, two yeah, months, maybe exactly. something, the, the Cuban crisis that we called it back then. And uh, because of the magnitude of these these news, there's just been so many people asking us to speak on this uh, on Instagram, on YouTube, in comments and everything. So, yeah, every all the factors together just uh, made us feel like we had to had to come together and, and record and just speak on this right now, lad. So, what what, what is it that we're talking about, really? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we're gonna skip everything, uh, the different segments that we have, like what's <laughs> in your glass and everything, and just get straight into business. Um, yeah, so the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962 remained only a threat and didn't develop into full-fledged war. But the Cuban Cigar Crisis, if we may call it that, like we did a few months ago, uh, has developed into reality. And since yesterday, uh, May 10th, we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, won't remain a rumor. And uh, so if you've missed the news, uh, we're here to kind of summarize it for you and discuss the implications. So... What came out yesterday is uh, directly from Habanos. Um, mm-hmm. They've stated that all cigars in their selection, meaning every Cuban brand we know of, uh, will increase in price on a global scale. Uh, mm-hmm. But specifically, Cohiba and Trinidad will be the worst effective, affected. Um, so what are Habanos uh, actually doing or what are they saying? Uh, so they're hiking up the prices of especially Cohiba and Trinidad, uh, to match the Hong Kong market, which means that, uh, for example, a Cohiba Sigo 6 will be priced at over 100 US dollars, uh, which for different That's not mar- per box, that's per stick, by that's the way. That's per stick, exactly. <laughs> we need to clarify because that's... it's so outrageous at this point. <laughs> exactly, 100 US dollars. And uh, in Sweden, that's about two and a half times the amount that we pay today. And... Mm. Um, for example, in the UK, it's a close to seventy percent uh, hike up on, and they already a have high prices. Stick. Exactly. Um, so, what are they? What are they saying? Actually, is the reason for this? Well, Habanos are saying that it's uh, because of an imbalance between supply and demand. That is the major reason. And um, hmm. lad, you mentioned the episode that we recorded in February. I don't know if everyone uh, remembers this, but we were talking about a Cuban crisis, a shortage of Cuban cigars. Uh, we where we discussed the um, the different effects of that shortage, which included like the fertilizer shortage, which uh, made tobacco land I think it was a decrease of or twenty percent of the land couldn't be used for uh, for tobacco. Yeah. Then different nat- natural disasters like hurricanes and fires, rollers on strike, and then the also increased demand globally after the pandemic. Uh, already then we were talking about how there were so few Cubans on the shelves. And mm-hmm. um, we discussed if these events will mark the demise of Cuban cigars, and we were kind of like on the on the edge there, what we were thinking. But yeah. now um, I think that is certainly clear to us. And one can ask yourself, like, why are they making these price hikes? Uh, well, mm. the short answer, we'll get into the more discussions, but uh, the short answer is that they can. Uh, what they're saying yeah. <laughs> is that Cohiba is a globally recognized luxury product and therefore they can be sold at Hong Kong's price level at, on a global scale. So they want to make Hong Kong prices the standard for Cohiba because, yeah, yeah. because they have the demand in Hong Kong and China and Cohiba 
is always out of stock there they yeah. were thinking that we can increase profits without increasing supply really yeah, yeah. Uh, so um yeah that was basically what the article on cigar aficionado uh, was saying and yeah this is remember guys it's globally so even if you go to cuba there yeah. will be hong kong prices on cohibas meaning <laughs> that before you could buy a one of the Cohiba single sixes as well, they will be now four times the price in Cuba. Outrageous. The place where they are made. And yeah, it's And crazy, another, really. another detail that's important because what you mentioned, basically Trinidad and Cohiba are confirmed to be pegged yes, at the Hong exactly. Kong price. So basically it's, this is like a currency sort of pegging where they're, yeah, it's just going to be adjusted to the Hong Kong price globally. The other brands they haven't spoken as much about the cigar aficionado article did say that the big brands like monte cristo partagas romeo julieta for example they'll be increased by a lot but not mm -hmm. pegged to the hong kong price yeah. and then they didn't speak on the smaller stuff so that stuff is yet to be seen but we're going to see an increase in everything like exactly said, right? and this is um the the article didn't disclose who said this from the industry but uh, there was someone who was talking about when this was going to happen and it's going to be different times depending on the local tobacco regulations, but somewhere within yep. like a few weeks to months, depending on where you are. But it's definitely taken an effect directly. Yeah. I mean, it's store owners sure and everyone, uh, they need to protect themselves as well. So they can't be selling at the prices there today. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's what's happening. And uh, there will be lots of implications. And I guess we'll discuss some of those uh, but before, like Ruben said, we'll, we'll, I guess, talk a little bit about how and why we understand this to be taking place. Like, why why have they made this decision? Because we've had so many fascinating conversations about this with people that are connected to the industry and just, uh, like, tobacco cigar fans like us uh, in the DMs. I mean, I've never been so, like, I was, I felt like... Um, Fabrizio Roman or someone like <laughs> yeah, yeah. transfer guru. Like I was just on my phone all day yesterday talking to people in the DMs about this because this was so huge. Um, and there, there, are, there were two sides of the argument here. Some people were saying this is sort of shooting themselves in the foot in the long run mm -hmm. because they're going to lose a lot of people. And then there's the other people that are more cynical. I, I am probably in the more cynical camp with this. Mm -hmm. And my understanding to this... Well, I think there's a very clear reason to why they're doing this. And it's what Ruben mentioned in short. They have a huge market. And you can just look at the numbers for this because this is factual, right? They have a huge market in East Asia where both China and Hong Kong have been growing exponentially in their mm -hmm. consumption of Habanos in the last few years. It's been such an incredible increase during the pandemic where uh, some of the other stuff went down by a little bit. China rose by 5% in 2020, where, I mean, that's an, that's an outrageous number for one year. Yeah. China also went from not even being in the top 10 a couple of decades ago to being the number one single country consuming Habano cigars. Hong Kong's also one of the world's biggest. Mm -hmm. uh, and both China and Hong Kong have just an outrageous appetite for luxury goods. Uh, I mean, we we were invited to a Piaget uh, sort of a speech by the or a, a seminar from from the watch company, and Hong Kong has like one sixth of the world's luxury watch consumption, and mm -hmm. that's just one tiny like it's it's outrageous the amount of luxury goods they crave there. Um, so, like I said, they have they have an outrageously growing market and a very very powerful market in terms of purchasing power. Like they they just can consume so much. 
So Abanos, with that in mind, and also the shortage in mind, like Ruben mentioned, right? They cannot keep shelves stocked as it is. And then they obviously what they do is they look at the markets which have the highest prices and are still consuming. Yeah. And that the answer is China and Hong Kong because the prices that we're getting now worldwide are the Hong Kong prices that they've been having for years. And they've been having these high prices that we in Europe think are outrageous, that we in Europe think will never sell, but they've already been having them for years and they've already been buying them and they already cannot meet demand with those prices. So basically what they're saying is we don't care if Europe goes away right now because if if Europe stops buying cigars, great, we'll ship those Cohibas to China, we'll ship those Cohibas to Hong Kong, they'll still be buying them because their prices aren't changing. And there's there's the other sort of factor here where there's a lot of traveling Chinese businessmen that travel both for business and people that are sent out sort of like Sicarios that are just like out on a mission to hunt Cuban cigars. And they'll go and fill their suitcases in Europe at a cheaper price and sell them in mm-hmm. Hong Kong. We've been even contacted by some. Yeah. Uh, I haven't told you. Well, I, I think I did tell you about one. Yeah. But we've been contacted by legit people that want to buy our Cuban cigars. Um, and now when they go to Europe, they'll have to buy cigars for the, their own prices. So that's an obvious reason as to why they're doing it. And like Ruben said, they can make a lot more money mm-hmm. without increasing their supply which cuba just cannot do right they don't they can't make the island bigger they can't increase uh supply so that's where we're at that's why they're doing it Mm -hmm. and uh it's 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 a very sort of logical uh reason uh it's 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 an easy way to increase yeah profits but the questions that rise up then is is it wise is it actually going to help more than just a very quick buck in the short run and uh that's a much harder question to answer i don't know do you have any do you have any thoughts on on this well just one thing that i wanted to uh also add which could be a reason is that um we've been talking about this lad in a couple of episodes as well but uh the allied cigar corporation sl blah blah um which Mm -hmm. is a like is based in hong kong is the company that acquired 50% stake in Abanos right. back in October 2020. Or 49%, right? 49%, exactly. Technically. Huabao International, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is a Hong Kong-based uh, company. And um, they were, like, in the deal, they also had, um, like, say, in production and mm-hmm. in distribution and everything. So it's not surprising that they want to be able to fill their shelves when there is a shortage of cigars of cuban cigars in hong kong and china right now it's not strange that they want to you know price cohibas as they are in hong kong so they can move more of the uh, distribution there um but to get back to uh, if this is wise or not um i'm not really sure that it's going to be that be bad for Habanos and say, I mean, they'll lose Europe, like you said, probably, definitely. A lot of it, at least. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of the, the regular, like us, uh, we won't be able to buy yeah. uh, Cubans on a daily basis or whatever. Um, yeah. But like they mentioned also in the Cigar Aficionado article, is that this is going to lead to a just shift in customer demographic, which I also right. very much believe in, because now the Cuba will be such a luxury good, and the Trinidad as well. They will be... Yeah just such luxury, just luxury items goods of, that even yeah. 
even regular people can't buy them. So it's going to reach that level. But there will, there will be in China and in Hong Kong, uh, people who can meet, um, like the supply or the demand will meet the supply. Yeah, I think, I I also want to preface one thing with this may sound very xenophobic. It's, it's not it's not a criticism on no. Chinese people in general or whatever. Like, I've I lived in China for four years and like it's I I know this a lot of it sounds like hearsay and I do see a lot of sort of racism when we speak about this. Uh, to be honest with some people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a criticism. It's just an observation. I mean, I know from firsthand experience the way their ostentatious consumption habits are. I know what the culture is like when it comes to consuming luxury goods in China. I mean, I, I know it personally. And there is nothing like an ostentatious product in their culture. Mm-hmm. Like, it is just so very important to buy very expensive stuff. And that's why the price increases don't really matter because the fact is that yeah if you're just establishing them more as a luxury good the more attractive they become yeah. over there that's what happened with McAllen, and that's a very i think close example to what we have and McAllen's only gone up by like 20 30 percent in the last few years mm-hmm. and mccallan has been one of those brands that where i when i look in communities online for whiskey like the more nerdy people they kind of boycott McAllen and and it's gone to that place where real whiskey connoisseurs, the people that call themselves that, mm-hmm. they have stopped consuming McAllen, a lot of them, because it's the price to quality ratio is just so yeah, off now. exactly. And Cohiba's already had that criticism a lot. Now, like Ruben said, it's come to a different stratosphere where Cohiba is just in its own league now. Yeah. Where The pricing has, before it had very little to do with its quality. Now, I think the pricing has nothing to do with its quality. Exactly. It's literally just a brand. And... Yeah, it's I hate it, but for me, I think I can just I, I'm just gonna you know kind of block Cohiba out of my mind as a viable. It's sort of like when I need a new T-shirt, I'm not going to Balenciaga because yeah. it's a different product. You know, exactly. it's that's a different thing. Yeah, it, it's it's in its own category now, and I think like you're gonna have to get used to that, or it's just gonna happen naturally because if you like it or not, you're not gonna I'm not gonna put a hundred dollars on a on a Cohiba Siglo Six. I mean, there's no chance. It's a great cigar, but I'm not spending that money, and I'm tr- and I'm very certain uh, a lot of people who don't have the money will won't put it either, or even people who do have yeah. the money, like you said, they don't want to they don't want to pay that price for what the quality is. No so chance. it there's going to be a boycott, and there's going to be a a boycott from people who uh, who can't buy them, like us as well. <laughs> like we spent yeah. we spent close to. Right, yeah, a uh, hundred dollars yesterday buying some Cuban cigars mm-hmm. uh, for the last time, probably. <laughs> yeah, for um, a while at least. And it got several sticks. So imagine putting that. Oh, we some... got some Cohibas in Trinidad. Yeah, thank God. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 the one side, and I, I am very cynical. Like I said, I think this is going to be very beneficial for Abanos in the short run. I think they're going to get a lot more profits and. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they can invest. That. I know. I'm sorry. That's wishful thinking. They're not going to invest that into high. I was almost going to say they might invest that into making better quality cigars or whatever, but that's not going to happen. Uh, you were thinking government we're talking about. You were thinking like a company that wanted to actually grow and evolve. And yeah, this is a, this uh, is a different. different sort of regime we're talking about. 
but but yeah, like I said, the consumption is going to keep going in in China and in Hong Kong. So we're not really going to see anything different there. But let's let's return to mm-hmm. to Europe at least for yeah. now, uh, because I there's there's another aspect that I wanted to talk about, which is the culture, because this is what's going to be very very big. I mean, first of all, I think there's going to be a a big sort of effect on the people that are smoking cigars because we have a lot of Swedes that just smoke Cubans. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if their consumption might go down or I'm wondering if they're going to shift to non-Cubans. I think there might be a bit of both, but yeah. um I was yeah, what do you think I actually that? went into uh Friends of Abanos yesterday uh when okay. this came out just to like see what the mood was like in the mm-hmm. in the forums <laughs> there. And mm-hmm. it was like really somber, of course. People were uh, talking about how they were smoking their stashes, knowing that they were on borrowed time. Um, they were, some of them, or some people on Friends of Bonus are, you know, just real Cuban cigar smokers. And um, of course, yeah. I mean, they were talking about how they'll have to weave in some non-Cuban cigars, but that it doesn't really meet their taste, which is also kind of BS maybe because they don't, haven't gone outside of Cuban cigars that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess... People only smoke Cuban cigars will have to make the choice: either smoke non-Cubans or stop completely. And I don't see anyone smoking cigars just quitting because it's not Cuban. I mean, yeah. um, what consumption might go down for some, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think so. Especially probably initially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I feel like is that it'll leave room for if we were thinking positive here. It'll leave more room for non-Cubans and boutique brands, and, uh, yeah. and we'll be seeing a lot of new cigars in Europe, which might lead also to like an increase in awareness by cigar lovers and just the spreading yeah. of and more sharing in the community of new cigars. Like what mm-hmm. what is everyone smoking now that had just come from, you know, Cuban cigars, yeah. and um, that might no spot on. This is a, no this is a paradigm shift, mm-hmm. like you say. I mean that's that's a great way to think positively. Uh, you know, I've been craving Illusione, Tatuaje, Foundation, mm-hmm. for example, in Sweden. I wish we had those brands. Maybe this in the long run might lead to it. I mean, the problem with Sweden is it's, it's pretty expensive to register new brands here and mm-hmm. stuff. But now that you can't sell Cuban cigars, there's obviously a need to fill the void, right? Yeah. Like you say. So maybe some new brands come in. And that's a very that's a very good thing if that leads to, if that's what happens. Uh, but there's another aspect about the culture, especially in Europe, that I wanted to touch on. And I think there's an aspect here that some people have forgotten. And whenever I mentioned this yesterday on Instagram to people, they were sort of like, whoa, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that. And this is something that I discussed with our friend Manny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked about it when we were in the Cigar Club last week as well, which is the fact that uh, the La Casa de la Habano franchise mm-hmm. is in dire trouble right now. Uh, and let me explain why. Basically... The La Casa de la Habano franchise, you got, some of you guys might even have La Casa de la Habano stores as your local cigar shop because they're so well distributed in some places. But they are the official Habanos franchise stores. So they're kind of owned by, they're licensed by Habanos. So if you want to open a La Casa de la Habano, you have to meet sort of some guidelines that Habanos sets. And some of them are quality of store, whatever. But the most important one in this situation is the fact that if you want to open and register at La Casa de Habano, you have to sell Cuban cigars and nothing else. You cannot sell any other cigars under that store. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're selling non-Cubans, you, I mean, you're breaking the contract or law or whatever, and you lose your license. Yeah. I mean, you, you, so it's, it's not like, oh, I can maybe get away with it. You, you can't. So 
they will, I guess, shut down, right? Like, what what can you see happen? I mean, yeah, <laughs> they'll yeah. have to go away. Definitely. I mean, you can't keep a store open like that where the price is from one day to another, which they're going to go now. It's just going to jump up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're, I mean, they do, I guess they do rely on, I'm not really sure of how they're, financials are but i guess they do rely on yeah. just regular people coming in and buying cigars and having like a smoke there that's not going to be possible yeah. anymore and and especially i mean I, I i this this has to be a gut punch to a lot i mean i we even know for through instagram some of the people that own some of these like casa de la Banos, they're great people but it's already been tough like like we said i mean it's already been very hard mm-hmm. to stock your store with cuban cigars so they most of these stores have to have had a pretty tough year or two already mm-hmm. So the fact that this comes out must be a, 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 I mean, I guess they'll sell their stock very fast now, right? Yeah. But as soon as this sort of news settles and people, people realize, you know, okay, well, that's it now. A Cohiba is 70 euros for a Cohiba Robusto now. Like, it's a different situation. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Right. That's that's the reaction I get to when I, when I hear that number out loud. But yeah, I I do think that's, it's going to lead to, and I'm not talking from this week to the next because it's going to take some time for everything to, to really prove and, and I guess settle. Right. But I think in the long run, we're going to be losing a lot more La Casa de Labanos uh, because it's, it's already difficult to operate them. There was one in Gothenburg many years ago mm-hmm. before our time lot, but that one shut down just cause it's, it's hard to, to survive just selling Cuban cigars and like the licensing and all that stuff. So I think a lot of them are going to go away or do, I talked to Joseph Steinmetz on Instagram and mm-hmm. another one of our friends, and he showed us what the Almere one did. It's a, that's a city in, in the Netherlands, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's Yuri and some other guy that runs them. They're very popular, mm-hmm. and on Instagram and stuff. And they have kind of opened the next door uh, room, like they've they've split the store, okay. registered the other part of the store and like uh, registered right. that officially as a separate entity and they called it something different so it's mm-hmm. not part of the La Casa Labano but it's next door and they're selling non-Cuban cigars there Smart. only so <laughs> yeah maybe and they did they did that before this news like a long time oh, wow. ago okay, uh, so okay. savvy move yeah maybe that's the future I don't know yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know it's um do you see yourself buying a buying a Cohiba lad like do you do you, do you feel like you would ever, ever buy a Cohiba Robusto for 70 euros? Like, even ever? Like, not even... Cause I mean, I mean, if if the time is gone that I don't have any Cohibas left, and it's been, like, a few years since I've had one, we're talking yeah. way down the line now, then yeah. then maybe for a special occasion for some nostalgia. But, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but I guess that's the thing here that... Like, I was thinking, they can't possibly revert the prices when everything yeah. settles, right? Because then everything, yeah. then the damage will be done. Then the like Acid Alabanos will have a few of them might have closed, and it's just going to be way too much to start up again. So I, this is yeah. this doesn't feel like just a um, spur of the moment thing. It's just a yeah, the way things are now. Back on it, right? No, and I, I'm wondering how because the, the legislation thing was brought up and. I, I had this conversation with someone else as well on, on Instagram. I mean, 
some countries regulate their pricing. So in Spain, you can't sell cigars for different prices between stores. Like there's a nationally mm-hmm. set price. Okay. When I was in, when I've been in Brussels several times buying cigars, they have a second band even that the government puts on the cigar, and it oh, says right. the price, and it's like this tax band, okay. and it sets the price, so you can't decide whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm wondering how they'll maybe they'll get a lot of difficulty in. I'm going to keep up to date with my friends in Belgium, like Joseph, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, because I think it's going to be difficult for, I like, I, th- I think there might be a sort of a buffer period where Abanos are going to need to sort of, uh, I don't know the legislation that well myself, but the reason they do that is because tobacco products are so regulated that you can't sort of just price it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Belgian government will be so happy with, with this. I, I just feel like uh, there, there might be a lot of issues there and maybe Abanos will stop importing to some of these countries for a while as they settle this stuff. I mean, that could create even more chaos. I, I don't know. Just thinking out loud here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. No, I was just thinking about how in a few years, it just seeing someone smoking a Cuban cigar will feel probably like strange. Like you're smoking an antique, or it's not going to be. It's going to be a rare. <laughs> you're going to be. It's going to be a rare yeah. sighting, you know, in in the world or in Europe at least. Yeah, Ruben, our our our, Co- our Cohiba Talisman 2017 Limited, we were already kind of scared of smoking those because <laughs> yeah. they were too rare. Yeah, And exactly. the Cohiba Bahikes, those are going to be yeah. $150 how do you justify, cigars. How do you justify smoking Cohibas now that you've had as well? I mean, because they automatically jump yeah. as well to those price points. Then it's Exactly. Gonna, yeah. It's going to feel like you're burning money <sighs> right so in front of your eyes. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, well, it's it's very much uh, we're very Armageddon like in this I know, episode. I know. It's it's there's a lot of stuff to be to be seen with the other brands. I just can't see Vegueros being, and especially like Jose Piedra and Quintero, like the the short filler stuff. I just can't see it jumping up to. I mean, imagine buying a Quintero Brevas for like ninety crowns or something, with it being a short filler. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're yeah nine euros. I should say not ninety yeah. crowns. <laughs> At that point, it's like you can get a a, a non-Cuban oh, robusto yeah. from a really good brand from for the same price as a Cuban short filler. Like I don't see them doing that. I think the I think the short filler stuff will stay the level it is. Yeah. Because I think it's just such bad quality tobacco. I don't think there's any need for them to to bump it up. Like the, no, exactly. you're never there. You're never seeing shelves empty of 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 Fonseca or whatever. No, exactly. So. <sighs> Jesus. Anything else, lad? <laughs> Um, now it was just this uh, this one uh, thing on the Friends of Abanos forum that I saw mm-hmm. a Canadian guy wrote uh, that now with the the plain packaging uh, in uh, in Canada along with the, this price hike, he he just like said plain packaging and this price hike the death demise of Cuban cigars in Canada, and. Um, <sighs> It's it's a dark thing to end on, and we're gonna in the next podcast episode we're gonna discuss some other dark stuff that's been happening, uh, because the YouTube has been uh, we're, we're not gonna go into it now, but YouTube yeah. has been censoring cigar content. Cigar Obsession, the biggest YouTube account on cigars, uh, he he quit and left YouTube, and our, some of our videos have been like re- uh, restricted to very little audience, and uh, we'll see how long we can keep mm-hmm. uploading to YouTube. I don't know how how quick it'll be, but there's a lot of like really bad shit happening against cigars in a short period of time and i was really like i was kind of affected by it yesterday like yeah. it was it was quite, pretty dark because it's just been such 
it's been such a great community to us, right? And yeah. it feels like there's this outside entity just like trying to take <laughs> away from it. it just, it's it's tough, you know. Like it actually really hurts to to see stuff like this coming up against against the stuff we love so much, right? So yeah. But that yeah. being said, if uh, ending on something positive, then uh, there is there are so many now also individual cigar producers, and that has really mm-hmm. been also we're lucky to have that increase along all the shit that's happening. You know, a lot of private people making their own cigars. Yeah. And even, for example, like Edgar, uh, starting Edgar. his own and, and all these guys who are doing it, it's, um, yeah, there's still cool possibilities. Exactly. So, yeah, and we're not going to quit for sure. Not like, yeah. not. <laughs> I mean, if YouTube takes our channel down, then we'll just upload to Instagram or whatever other you know, platform yeah. is viable. So, yeah, it's still, I mean, we're, we don't even have any economic stake in this, you know, we're just doing it because we love it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're not, we're not going anywhere for now, but um, <laughs> yeah, please uh, let the DMs come guys on Instagram and uh, keep, you know, comment on this video with, with any of your thoughts. Cause there's so many, I mean, there's so much that we haven't even thought of yet. I'm sure there's oh, yeah. stuff that, that implications that could come from this, that someone has thought of that we haven't even, you know, crossed our mind because it's so fresh still. Exactly. Right. And there's so many, so many things being affected by this so mm-hmm. yeah please let us know uh whatever whatever you think about this and um we'll hope to come back with a more positive episode next week <laughs> next <laughs> the week after that or whenever we're back <laughs> yeah all right good thank talk, you guys lad. so much for listening as always yeah thanks for this one lad <laughs> cheers guys cheers <laughs>